Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Redestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. What up? It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com, we'll be get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road has protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com. It's the way that tire buying should be. Um, I, I, like, so who's the guy who Monty said does is a he played at Texas Tech and he doesn't believe in space, right? Doesn't believe in space. He's like His a flat earther. His name is Tyler Owens. Okay. And he doesn't believe in space as in other planets. He doesn't believe in any of that stuff and feels flat earth theories have some valid points. Which ones? Can you name a, a, a valid point? <laughs> give me one point. Yeah, yeah give me just, just one. Just I think one. the one valid point is if you look out across the ocean it's flat that's the one valid point that's that's the one i think that's the one point they where's go the, off no, where's right. the va- where's the validity in that point because you can't see it you can't see it shaping into a circle so it's just flat it's as circle. far as you could see it's not a circle i just the most myopic it. viewpoint you can have okay um here's the thing and i don't know like some of it is who knows if it's just a gag Right? Like he's just saying it because it gets attention. Right? And uh, it was it, it's a video that's posted on X, but he said it at the, the podium. So when you say these things to people, when you start any argument with something that's provably false, there's really no conversation you can have. Have you ever been in that before? A conversation like that? Where somebody says something that like, look, this is not only not true, but been proven to be not true by a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds. You know, scientific facts. And then people just argue with you anyway, like, no, 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 no. This has actually been proven to be true. 
There is no real argument. You know, none. Let's not even think about like, how do you, how does the sun thing work? Rising in the east, set in the west, if we have a flat earth, it's just revolving around one flat panel. Is that, is that what that is? But how do you have a conversation with that person? And look, I'm somebody who I will tell you, I have friends or I have people who are, I would still be friendly with who will say things that are, that I'm irritated by because I know they're not true and yet they get caught up in them. But there's a difference in that and this, like a scientific fact proven millions of times over hundreds of years. Just you say it and like, I can't be friends with you. I can't have a conversation with you because knowing that you believe that in the back of your mind makes me like, I just can't do it. You ever lost friendship like that? I think a lot of people have over the last four years. Oh, de- definitely. I-, I would say, like, look, the Trump thing caused a lot, a, a lot. I mean, you combine Trump with COVID and all of the misinformation stuff that's out there, right? I mean, it's even, and, and look, there was a long time there where you're like, Hunter Biden business dealings, and then you found out, I think it was, what, last week that we found out that the, the, the guy who was the source, turns out he was lying this whole time. And you're like, wait, 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 what? So I don't know. One, why you don't necessarily talk. We've gotten to the point where you can't actually talk about politics, which is the uncomfortable part, because that's supposedly been like it's a uniting thing that we should all be able to talk about it and express our opinions and be able to have our own thoughts. But now it's just the lever of vitriol and the people just saying falsehoods. Oh, yeah, definitely. They definitely can rig those machines and rig those elections. Because the counterpoint to it is this. Well, this is a really easy one. Why would only the Democrats rig it? Right? That makes sense. But this whole, like, so I, I don't want to have a conversation about it. Not because you can't have your opinion. You can't. Okay. But when you have opinion on something that's been proven to be false hundreds of times, then we're good. And with the flat earth thing, we're talking hundreds of thousands of challenges to this. And it's been proven to be a scientific fact. I don't know. I don't study the planets. I don't study gravitational pull. I don't study the polarity of the planets or the distance between them. But I've taken enough science class to know like there's people that are a lot smarter than me that seem to figure this whole thing out. And they seem to have scientific data that backs it up. By the way, here's, an, here's another thing. A scientific fact is not 100%. Scientific fact is like 97%, right? And they leave that 3% out there. Just, you know, look, we're not saying it's a hard, like nothing is 100%. We'll say 97%. But people see that and like, see, it's not 100%. Like, well, that's not how scientific facts work. It's actually a reasonable way of saying it. Um, I don't even know if, uh, I don't even know if scientists use that word i don't think they say scientific facts do they i think so it's just kind of under the umbrella of science because science by science nature changes proves and, i think google it i i i would guess it's scientific what percentage is a scientific fact i think it's like 97 percent. i think they're all technically hypotheses no it's or like hypotheses is when it's not proven out theory is when it's been proven out so maybe it's a scientific theory is 97 percent um, Bill, go ahead. You have the sound of the guy? 
All right, go ahead. This is Tyler Owens. What led you to that point to believe that? I really, I thought he believed like he left it to I can't, I can't hear anything he says. Can't think, he can't hear anything he says. Uh, by the way, uh, he went to Texas for three years and then to Texas Tech. And in it, apparently never took a science class that taught him anything that makes any sort of sense. Because what happens is, and he's obviously not an idiot, right? Because there's some thought going on in his mind. It's just the wrong thought. And and by the way, it's the power of this thing, this these phones and the reels and this and the and and TikToks, where you're just like, I believe it to be true. You you if you watch those things, you believe it to be true. Anyone who's anybody can say anything, and people take it as truth. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry, dude. You just you sound like a dope. It's also I think um, it's also built on this like the conspiracy that uh, somebody created this and is fooling everybody. There's some kind of nefarious meaning behind it because so much has to go into that did you notice he used nefarious it's a great word well yeah we talked about our favorite words yesterday what was yours yours was no it wasn't either it was i like perhaps perhaps. that sounds pretty perhaps you have to yeah you have to you have to say perhaps you don't just say perhaps you say perhaps what were the other ones nefarious she likes the word juxtapose. Juxta- That's my favorite. Juxtapose. Do you like juxtapose or juxtaposition? Juxtaposition specifically. Juxtaposition. Monsi, do you have any favorite words in the English language? I like concoction. Concoction. Good one. Thank you. Yeah. Concoction. Thank you. Condescen- condescension. Condescension. Condensation also good as well. <laughs> Condensation. Moist is up there. Ah, yeah, uh, no. yeah. Why? why are people so why, why are people Marina? so bothered by the word moist? That's my question. You know? Yeah, honestly, That's why I like moist it. is a lot like perhaps. It's all in how it's pronounced. It's all in putting the right emphasis on the right syllable. Fair. Right? Fair, yeah. Like if I say, ah, it's moist in there. If I say it's moist in there, it sounds different and it sounds nefarious, doesn't it? Doesn't uh, nefarious. That's honestly the best thing about being at least well enough educated, being enough, uh, being worldly enough to where you can think of these words and they make people think like that's now I don't like doing the Pablo Torre, you know, the Pablo Torre is right. Which is every other sentence throwing a word that people have to go and look up because they don't know what it means. Yeah. That's, that's obnoxious. That's obnoxious. Perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) You know what else is obnoxious? Let's get to sports. This is Nick Cesario who, um, Used to work for Bill Belichick. There's there's a, a doc out that's about the era of the Patriots dynasty, the dynasty. And apparently it's not crazy loving towards Bill Belichick and his ways. Uh, Nick Casario had this to say. Coach Belichick is the best coach in the history of not only football sport, in my opinion. He's a big reason that I'm where I am today, so I have a lot of respect and appreciation and admiration for him. The game's better when uh, when people like Bill are around. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I, again, what's he supposed to say? I, you know, he used to be, he used to work in the Patriots front office. He wouldn't have gotten an opportunity if not for Belichick. But I also think that there's reason to believe that he was pretty good at what he did because there's so many uh, around the NFL that were part of that organization. We make a big deal about the coaching failures 
of former Patriots, there are been, have been some successes. And, oh, yeah, by the way, even with the failures, maybe that points to just how special New England has been and how unique the wiring has been. Here's Gerard Mayo, the new head coach of the Patriots, talking about uh, his GM, Elliot Wolf's comments that the new culture in New England will be a less hard-ass vibe. Look, it's going to be different, but at the same time, I would say, look, Bill did a great job for a long period of time. I don't want you guys to take this as uh, because we're changing the shots toward the previous uh, regime uh, and saying that we will do it differently and it'll feel different. But at the end of the day, we would like to replicate the success that the prior regime has had. And so uh, I learned a lot from Bill uh, and also his staff. Uh, but now we'll, we'll see what this chapter looks like in, in the franchise. That's, that's, the, that's a great way to put it. It's going to be different. It has to be different. We're different people. You know, the hard ass vibe, like we all get it. He was an old hard ass. Got it. Got it. Been pretty effective. And I will tell you like unequivocally, and we said this when that comment came out two days ago, unequivocally, players like discipline. They need discipline. Right? But some of it is not just in the discipline, but how the discipline is conveyed, the relative fairness of it. They have have to have reasonable expectations of it. You know? I mean, look, it has discipline hasn't changed for our kids. Your kid gets in trouble. What do you do? Lorena, you got a young daughter. She's been here. She gets in trouble. What do you do? Well, it depends on the... Uh, Severity of the crime? Exactly, Doug. Okay, so, like, again, she tells you to go blank yourself because you're telling her what to do. I'm dragging her outside into the rain. <laughs> the lo- that's what they call her. That's why, that's why your name is Lorena? I, I made her jog outside the other night. I was like... You made her to, jog? I made her jog. I made her take laps around our complex until she was ready to talk. It wait, depends. wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna get a twenty. We got a twenty second time out over there, Coach. What do you got? Okay, so give me the give me the scenario here. I'm, I'm I just found so, I found some details on her laptop and stuff that I was disappointed she was looking at, and I was like, okay, you gotta tell me what's going on. She's like, I'm not talking about it. I'm like, well, then you're running it out until you do. And she did. And she did. Yep. She How did. old is she? She's eleven. Uh, she's eleven. She'll still run it out for you, right? Oh my like, gosh! My... I was like, really? You want to do another jog? This girl never gets off the couch, bro. Like, she is not the. So how'd you get her? Like, what was what was the punishment? Because they, when they get to be teenagers, they're like, you go run. They're like, or what? <laughs> the easiest thing is just like, okay, hand me the phone. You give them give them the phone. It's like, whoa, whoa, different kid when you take away the screenager. Yeah, just hand never, me the phone. She's not getting another phone back for God. When we were kids, I was I told my son this all the time. It's like, what what happened when you got in trouble? It's like, well, my dad would kick the crap out of me. That was part of it. But when that wouldn't happen, it was in your room doing homework, no TV, no video games, no phone. It's like, so what'd you do? And I was like, I did my homework. He's like, and then what would you do? It was like, I don't remember doing anything except sleeping a lot and being bored as hell. Right. I mean, now if you send a kid to this room, he's like, sweet, I got my computer, I got my iPad, I got my Xbox, I got my phone. I mean, the easiest thing to do is just shut off the Wi-Fi. But then it like punishes me. Like, wait, I need my Wi-Fi at my house. So there is a balance between not being, uh, not being a hard ass and being discipline oriented. And finding that balance is hard. Because when you haven't been in charge, 
and you listen to players and you listen to their complaints like, man. And look, you, you watch Andy Reid. Andy Reid got yelled at by his star tight end in uh, in the Super Bowl. And you would think if that's Bill Belichick, you yell at him like, you just go sit. I'll deal with you when I when I want to get to you. But we don't know. We don't know what Bill Belichick would do. And by the way, I'm guessing Bill Belichick wouldn't have been yelled at like that. Would have smartly removed himself and pretend like he didn't hear him. But make no mistake about it. Players want, need discipline. I think the part of what has to be taught is the why. And they have to be given kind of a heads up to, hey, look, man, it's really simple. Like, if you do this, then there's going to be this as discipline. That's the way it works. It's the only way it works. And that part has changed on some level than when I was a kid, which was a little bit more because I said so, right? Everybody's parent would go through the, go, go to the, because I said so line, because I said so, which again is, should be a fair enough. That's enough. You're the parent, but with an adult in this day and age, it's got to be a little bit more matter of fact even if the discipline can be just as, if not more harsh. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Toyo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Toyo tire test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. It's Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. A little late great Toby Keith for you as uh, he went as good as he once was, but he... Well, there's some fighting. It's not just all about loving with the... No, it's a good, it's a good song. Good tunes. We're broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. Mark Dominic will join us up coming in like two or three more minutes. Reminder, shortly after the show, our podcast will be going up. If you missed any of today's show, be sure to check out the podcast. Just search Doug Gottlieb wherever you get podcast. Also, follow, rate, review, 
that podcast. Again, search Doug Gottlieb wherever you get your podcast. You'll see today's show posted uh, right after we get off the air. So um, there's this, the the new, uh, what is it called? It's a documentary. Documentary. About the Patriots dynasty. Turns out it appears to be a Robert Kraft production, right? That's the essentially like, it's just like the, 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 what was it? The last dance was really a Michael Jordan documentary. So the thing about documentaries, and I would also point out no documentaries are ever going to match up to that of the last dance because now he's the last dance, Michael Jordan and was there space and, but there was nothing else going on. Right. It was literally COVID and we were all like, give me some more. Just, can you give me two episodes? Not just one. Just give me two episodes. Just two, just two, like what? Oh, one episode. And then we'd all discuss it. Like, do you remember those days? I remember in the days of COVID, there was no traffic. And I'd come to work with one topic. At first it was Tom Brady. And then, well, back in yesteryear, it was the last dance documentary. We're literally talking about like, 25-year-old stories only brought back in a documentary. The Patriots dynasty essentially ended a couple years ago, but we're talking about it now, sort of, on a documentary which not a lot of people have watched, and it appears to be produced by uh, people close to Kraft, so it's from the kind of Kraft perspective. Does that mean Belichick in like a couple years is going to go tour Australia and like Scottie Pippen's doing? I don't know. I just, I don't understand what the desire to crap on what has been the greatest dynasty of the last 20 years in the NFL is, other than can you learn from the successes and learn from the failures and how they were able to overcome, despite the fact you're going to have failures. Uh, Let's welcome in Mark Dominic. He joins us. Of course, he was a general manager in this league. Uh, I'm sure he's an indie at the scouting combine where we're watching guys uh, run 40 times, and it's it's kind of like the league's convention. Um, real quick on the Belichick, not him not being in the league. What, what's the sense you get from people around the NFL? Will Bill Belichick coach again? <laughs> You're right. I am reporting live from Indianapolis. I think it's my 30th consecutive year, Doug, here. So I've uh, got some history with this town, it feels like. But, you know, with Belichick, I think a lot of people turn around and say it really looks like if he's coming back, more than likely it'll be the NFC East, um, and depending on how clubs there do, uh, meaning how do the Cowboys do, how do the Giants do. Those, those are the teams that most people think of Belichick because they're trying to figure out where you could put him. I think it's going to be up to Bill, too, to decide if um, if he wants to continue to pursue. You've got to decide if you want the whole t- culture change and what kind of culture change you want within your organization. And he's certainly not getting any younger. And I think the other thing that you think about as you hire head coaches, you know, how many years does Bill want a coach left? I mean, and, 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 and Billy coached to a level. Is that three or four years? Or is there six years there? Because, you know, usually when you hire a coach, you hope you find the, the Harbaugh, the Tomlin, who's there for 15, 20. What is your assessment of this survey, the NFLPA survey, uh, of players in regards to quality of facilities, quality of management, quality of coaching, quality of ownership. When you read the results, what's your takeaway? Well, 
the trouble you have is it's subjective to what you know, and therefore it's hard for for somebody that's not a Chicago Bear to know the Chicago Bears inside and out in terms of the percentage of what they really get. They can talk to the players. They can get the quotes. They can get the information in terms of what they respond. But I have a hard time with some of them because – you really don't know how, you know, the two teams I work for, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, how if they really are. And it starts from ownership all the way through the organization. You know, I see those. Some of them do make sense when you kind of say, well, I get that. But uh, most of the times I just look at it and go, I don't think these guys really have a accurate sense of what 32 different teams do because we all do it so differently. Well, supposedly, again, uh, Clark Hunt, you know, he got, uh, he got an F-minus. F minus on being the owner and the reports are, well, they're frustrated that they haven't upgraded facilities. They're talking about new practice facility and whatever. Like, does that actually matter? What matters, what matters is Clark Hunt open up the purse and say, I'm going to keep Chris Jones on a long-term deal. Right. And if I have to franchise speed, I will. Therefore I'm going to commit $150 million to the organization. That's what I want from an owner. If the players really want something, they want to get paid. And Clark Hunt has been willing to pay his players. And that's what you look for. And whether that, you know, would you like a new facility? Sure, that sounds great. And they're a lot of money. But at the same point, yes, the clubs are making a lot of money. But it's really, is the owner structuring contracts really reward the players? And do they do it consistently? Or do the players have to leave to get the right number? I think in Kansas City, players don't have to leave to get the right number. And I think that's the sign of a good owner. Um, Caleb Williams' dad's like the business manager for Caleb Williams. There's been some weird asks out there. And I guess like, Hey, you can ask a lot of stuff. You just gotta be willing to hear the term. No, uh, no, you can't get partial ownership. No, we're going to have the fifth year option. No, that's not how actually how it works. Um, but what's the sense you get from NFL people in terms of their, uh, level of patience in comparison to the talent that, that he has, right? Like you're able to put up with stuff because the guys, is he talented enough and capable enough that, this doesn't just turn everybody off. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the things as you go through the process, I think if you're a club that's high in the draft, I think you want to have the conversation with the dad. I think you want to reach out and, and sit down with them and kind of get a sense of like understanding where the boundaries are going to be and what's the, the overall expectations of what he thinks is uh, going to be how his son's handled and make sure that you understand completely as an organization you know, albeit the Chicago Bears, that you were uh, able to handle the player, uh, handle the father, or handle the situation. But you got to set the boundaries ahead of time, and you need to do that prior to the draft. And if I was the Bears, I would be certainly having multiple meetings with him just to kind of get a better understanding of what he thinks how this is going to play out. Because, you know, I don't want somebody that's going to be drafted number one and suddenly, like, even though every agent and everybody knows it's been collectively bargained, you can't get rid of the fifth-year option. I don't want him to sit out and camp because he's just trying to prove a point that he's trying to get something he can't actually get. So I think those are important conversations you have to have with him to make sure that he's the right fit for the team. No question. No no, no question asked. Um, what about the actual the, the drop-off between him, Jaden Daniels, um, and, and others? Like, h- how much better is he or how much more likely is he to be a star as opposed to Daniels and Drake May? really tough, right? Because I don't think it's tremendously different. Like, I think there's a little drop-off, but, you know, because you see some of the plays that Caleb's made, they're like, wow, that is amazing that he could get his body contorted that way and still make a throw. But then you'll watch the Notre Dame game and go, is this the number one pick in the draft? 
I don't know. You know, it just doesn't feel like it. And so that's the where I sit there and say, Caleb's up there. He's the top dog. Uh, he is the number one pick or the number one uh, prospect. But I don't think the, the drop-off is as significant. And that's why I think we're hearing a lot of quarterbacks one, two, four, one, two, five, something like in that range. I think that's why we're hearing a lot of that. And it's not just a matter of fact of like, uh, you know, uh, it's just Caleb, and then it's a lot of positional players, and it's quarterback, quarterback. I think these quarterbacks are going to go pretty high. But I look at Caleb as this way. Trevor Lawrence, to me, whether we like what he's done in the NFL or what he becomes, I'm not sure. Joe Burrow, because of the one year, what he was able to do. Those guys, to me, were farther up the board and farther uh, as, a, as a prospect than where I think Caleb is going into the league. Really? Yeah, I mean, I think I think most people look to Trevor Lawrence and go, I don't know what's going to go wrong here. Like, I don't know how that's going to go wrong. There was, it was really very little things you saw in his game. You're like, he can't do it. He, and he hasn't been what, and he hasn't been the savior for the franchise that you were expecting. He's certainly been better. Right, right. I, 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 I agree, but I'm, I'm interested that you that he's not he's not the can't miss of those guys, right? Like, luck is luck was the highest rated can't miss right. guy, and then Lawrence was in that in that discussion. And is it what what similarities, if any, are there to to the Pat Mahomes uh, Pat Mahomes coming out? Right, and I think that's the one where you kind of see the athleticism and the ability to contort his body and make like crazy plays or, or run or scramble around and make something happen. You see that, and, and that's the one thing where you want to draw up to Patrick Mahomes. But it's just boy to to. to to compare it consistently to Patrick Mahomes, I think it's something different. And I think Patrick's arm talent was even more had more velocity than I think what Caleb has. And again, I don't dislike Caleb, and I think the Bears are taking Caleb. But I think you've got to, to what we talked about earlier. I think the most important part is understanding who you're getting and what you're getting. And you know, obviously, he's not here in Indy, which in terms of throwing, which is fine. I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, I would probably recommend him to do the same thing, even though from the club's perspective. You know what's going to be the positive here, but I think that for the overall prospect, I mean, the better can't miss in this draft class is Harrison, Marvin Harrison. He's the one that's the can't miss pick. Yeah, and and that's it's a balance there though because you get so much more out of the quarterback, don't you? Although they have a quarterback, or maybe I don't know. There's lots of creative things you can do. Let me ask you about running backs. Uh, it feels like it feels like even without collusion, there's a there's a game plan where. All of these running backs, none of them are being enfranchised, right? None of them. Josh Jacobs, um, you know, Tony Pollard. You go to uh, Saquon Barkley, right? You you go as Austin Eckler. You go around the league. And again, they're at various stages of their career, but all are in the second or third contract kind of area. area. They all were upset. They all hopped on the phone together and cried, woe is me. Is this a flooding of the market to draw down their value by by teams? Like, what what is really at work here within league circles? Well, I think there's a couple things. I, I did say last year that we're going to really learn what the value of running backs are when we hit free agency in 2024. And it's going to have to be the teams that really want to find a way to get players. You know, I need to get over the hump, so I'm going to sign Austin Eckler because I know that he can help me in the passing game tremendously. It's going to be those type of teams that we're going to see how far they'll bend it. But as we see, I know the cap went up $20 million per club, which is tremendous for everybody. It saves the Saints. It saves organizations. But I don't know. You know, right now, sadly, the running back world is in the middle class of the NFL, and that middle class is still non-existent. It's the stars, and it's the others. And, and then there's a huge gap between the guys that are the stars 
and the others. And so I think that it's going to be where, you know, the deals are probably going to be in the 10 to 13, 14 year for range. And I think they're going to be shorter deals, more in the three type of year deal. Like we saw wide receivers do a couple of years ago. I think that's going to be the new norm for running back because you have to take positions on both sides of the ball and say, I can't pay everybody. And I think it's offensive center and running back on the offensive side. And I think it's linebacker and, and strong safety on the defensive side. Hmm. Um, Okay, what about in terms of uh, uh, Russell Wilson? You know, he does another podcast and acts like they called him and the team apparently never called him. Says, yeah, I want to win two more Super Bowls and I'd love to do it in Denver. And then all we get out of Denver is their GM and their head coach both saying, hey, nobody's called us to ask us for a trade. It feels, again, you're in Indy, we're not. It feels like an F.U., Right. You leaked this story. You've made it out to woe is me. You've created this. I'd love to be around knowing none of this stuff is going to happen. Is that what's behind the Broncos GM and coach both saying, hey, nobody's even called us about the guy. Yeah, a little bit. But no one wants to look at that contract. I mean, the Broncos are pretty much engaged and married and stuck into the Russell Wilson world. The contract's just so massive and so big. The compensation was significant. George Payton, the general manager, is a big piece of that. Sean Payton probably had multiple choices to go. And I, here's what I would say. You know, Pete Carroll got a lot out of Russell Wilson, and maybe the most. But Sean Payton is known as a really good coach and a really good quarterback coach. And – it was good, but it wasn't great. You know, they, they just got better towards the second half of the season. But if Sean Pate can't get it out of you and Pete Carroll trade you, you might not want that guy. That's the way I'd be thinking as a GM. It's like, maybe this isn't the fit for us. So why am I going to call and even think about acquiring a contract at that magnitude for our organization when I'd rather just go back in the draft? I'll go sign Kirk Cousins. I'll go, you know, look, I'll talk to Baker Mayfield. Maybe those are better, even though Russell has certainly the, the credentials of wins and a championship. I think I'd rather take my shot somewhere else. No question. Where do you think he plays next year? I think he's stuck in Denver. I think he stays. I don't think there's really an option. I think that he's going to play in Denver because I think the cap's going to keep him there. And then I think depending on how it goes, it will be. You, 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 don't, know, you don't think they buy him out? You don't think they buy him out? I don't, I don't think they want to. I mean, that's a lot of cap space you're going to have to eat. That is a lot of – and I know that we just got a big injection. But then you have to decide if you're Denver and you're going to walk into the Justin Herbert world and the Magic Mahomes and say, let's do a reset. Uh, that's a very dangerous place to be uh, in the National Football League. And there's not a lot of options out there, I think, when you're already going to have to eat a huge contract. It's hard to go tell the owner, yeah, it didn't work out with Russell, but this veteran, this is the one I really want. Yeah. I want to spend you know, $120 million on him instead. It, you know, you can go to the draft, but then the draft is such a, a draft for a reason that you could get yourself in a lot of trouble. I, I just think it doesn't sound great. No one's called him because that in the end, I don't think Russell has a lot of different places to go, and I don't think Denver has a lot of, okay, you can tell me what the problem is, but what's the solution? I think it's a problem in Denver because they don't have a solution. Uh, he is uh, just outstanding. He's Mark Dominic. He spent over 20 years in NFL front offices and scouting. Of course, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, it feels like he's at a working kitchen somewhere in Indianapolis. <laughs> it sounds like it, doesn't it? it it's does. It's all good watching these big men run. That's the best part about it. It, it is. Enjoy, Indy. We'll talk soon. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app.
There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporting handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Toyo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Toyo tire test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, that's the way tire buying should be. Uh, buyers six, so we're bl- graced by the presence of Monsi Bolaños. Of course, we got Lorena on the ones and twos, and my man Jay Stu producing. If you got an issue, feel free hit us up on social media at Gottlieb Show, Twitter, Instagram. Somebody hacked my Facebook page, so I don't even know how to get into that anymore. Seriously, so it's a real thing. It's like um, there's all these ads for like weight loss things. Like, dude, I have no idea. And they changed whatever the um, email address and password is. So Doug Gottlieb Show Facebook thing, like, I don't know. Somebody knows how to fix that one. Let me know on that one, too. Welcome in. Snow on the way to uh, many parts of the Sierra Nevadas. Uh, A lot of wind in Vegas. We're on our Vegas affiliate. I know there's rain in the East Coast and uh, some rain uh, down in the, the southeastern part of the United States. I don't know if that affects our folks in Jacksonville and Orlando that came online. Also, we're on in New Orleans now as well. Uh, so the Doug Gottlieb show is spreaded um, maybe like a rash or maybe like, well, I don't want to say wildfire because there is a really bad wildfire in Texas. I, I, I do think, though, it's okay to use these commonly used expressions and not be seen as insensitive. Right? Spreading like wildfire is a really appropriate thing. You're like, man, Wait a second. Wildfire does, in fact, spread. Anyway. Uh, this is, There was a weird sequence of events last night. So, my son Hayes got a hoop workout in. And I was watching the end of uh, Central Florida's win over Oklahoma State on my phone. And then shot with him for a little bit after his workout. 
And then um, we started having a discussion about the NBA. And if you know young Hayes Gottlieb, a lot of his opinions are formed, especially on basketball. Okay, in he lo- he loves this idea of hot takes. I got a hot take for you, Dad. Celtics are the best team in the NBA. What do you think? I was like, well, you know, they have the best record in the East. I don't know if that's that hot of a take, but okay. He's like, well, who do you think the best best team is? He's like, what do you think about the Minnesota Timberwolves? It's like, eh, I like them. It's like I think the Thunder are the best in the West. It's like, well, I'm gonna go with the Clippers. Really? Yeah. So I walk in to my home and the Laker Clipper game is on. And it's like midway through the third quarter. And I hadn't been paying attention. And I look up and I'm like, wow, the Lakers appear dead in the water. And if you've picked up a dead animal, dead in the water, or something else offends you again, just a commonly used expression. But it was bad. I mean, really bad. And so I'm sitting there going, man, are they tired? Have they played on back-to-back nights? What's Are the Clippers just better? Right? I was at a Laker-Clipper game earlier this year, and it was much the same where the Clippers hopped out to a big lead and the Lakers came back and won. And then all of a sudden, LeBron James stays in in the fourth quarter when the Clippers sub, and he starts hitting a shot, and another shot, and another shot, and another shot. And then the crowd got behind him, and... Uh, we, I had a bunch of people who were watching the game and it was like, wait, this is at, it's at Staples or now crypto, but it's technically the Clippers home night, which looks different. The lighting's different. The mood's different. The atmosphere is different, but you know, what's this, what, what's the same is the Lakers are still more popular and it became like a Laker home game all of a sudden. <clears throat> but I'm going to warn you about something. Okay. I am not saying LeBron James wasn't anything other than otherworldly. And it was the, hey, Kawhi and the Clippers have been better all season. Kawhi's the better player right now consistently in his career. But LeBron James had 20, 34 points, 19 of which in the fourth quarter. And was at a plus 11 in the plus minus. And I, was, I thought back, somebody else brought this up earlier on the show in regards to somebody else. And maybe it was with LeBron James. There's a Toby Keith passed away about two weeks ago. And Toby had a lot of songs. One of my favorites was the song. I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. And I thought that was perfect for last night. LeBron James is not, nor she to be expected to be the elite superstar, top five in the league, maybe top five in league history, guy who's going to score 40,000 points. He ain't expected to be peak LeBron. And the percentage of times in which he can play peak LeBron has gone down, which we got to be reasonable for. He ain't as good as he once was, but he's as good once as he ever was. And that's the fear that other teams deal with in the playoffs, right? They're like, man, we don't want to get into a game six or a game seven. You know, he still gets the respect of the officials. We've seen the numbers where they don't drive that much yet. They get more calls than anybody else in the league. You know, when you have the league's biggest star, LeBron is the league's biggest star. That's going to happen. But you don't want to get in one of these playoff games with the Lakers because he does have it in him. He can't do it for all seven games. He probably can't do it for four games. But when it clicks, 
when the energy's there, when the shot's falling, not a lot you can do. You know, not a lot you can do. But similarly, it's the opposite for the Lakers. That's fool's gold. You convince yourself, the old man still got it. And he does, but not every night. You know, not every night. He can still defend, not every possession. And the percentage of times in which you can do it goes down and down and down. And I even think he intimidated Kawhi Leonard late in that game. Kawhi Leonard had the ball with 10 seconds to go. Actually, he had it with 15 seconds to go. He's dribbling the ball up the court. And they're down a point. And he passed the ball to James Harden, who then passed it right back to him. Like, what are you doing? You're the guy. Take over the game. Right? And that's when the Clippers called a timeout. Now, eventually, out of the timeout, they got the ball to Kawhi Leonard, who missed a shot. That That's his shot, right? It's the, like, curling jump shot, 15 feet on the baseline. You know, he famously made the three-point shot, which we were talking about last night, um, against Joel Embiid and the Sixers when he's playing in Toronto. A, a more difficult shot, but he made that one, missed that one last night, and, you know, you lose the game, and that's where you go, well, you tip your cap, it's a make-or-miss league. Like, no, 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 You had the ball with LeBron James. Why'd you have to call a timeout? Now, keep in mind, all of this was without Paul George, and so in spite of the fact that the Lakers won the game, If you think the Lakers can win in the NBA playoffs with LeBron James and that, again, all of that said, the game was over. The Clippers didn't have Paul George like, well, I don't know, end of game, Paul George. Okay, but when Kawhi Leonard comes out normally at the start of the fourth quarter, Paul George can remain in and there's no foot off the gas pedal. So this isn't me saying LeBron hasn't been great and wasn't incredible last night. This is me saying... One, this is what NBA teams fear about the Lakers, is they don't really think they're all that good, but man, when they are, and when LeBron's got it going on, not all you can do. And then the opposite is true of the Lakers and the predicament they're going to be in in the offseason, which is, are you really thinking that's that's going to happen less and less and less often? Not more and more and more often. It's just reasonable. And that's if you can maintain being healthy and you're 40 years old. He has the greatest history of longevity in this league. He's a great player. And because he keeps himself in peace, physical condition, you almost have to say age is just a number because he doesn't play like a man his age. But when you really dig in deep, he doesn't guard like he used to. He's not consistent in terms of his movement. He picks his spots. And when he has it, he's amazing. But the amount of times that he has it, those are going to decrease over time. That's the essence of it. Have we seen guys fall off completely? Yes. Jason Kidd's last playoff series with the Knicks. If you remember, he couldn't make a layup, but with LeBron, it's just more gradual. And it's a percentage play. Lakers are still 10 and a half games out of, you know, the top. They're still, you know, uh, two games away from the Kings in terms of staying out, getting out of that eight seed. They're still in the playoff series. And yes, they came back and won the game, but they were down 21 points without Paul George playing for the Clippers for a reason. And if you ever thought that Toby Keith's songs didn't connect with you, 
I give you, I want, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Can we chat about um, the Michael Jordan comparison now? The Jordan v. LeBron debate, which is pretty tired, but don't you have to give LeBron this this part of it that he's much better now at 38 or 39 than MJ was in his final two seasons with, with the Wizards, right? I mean, MJ, I think he averaged 20 points, but it was kind of like a, man, check this guy out. He's still averaging 20 points. But, like, LeBron can still put performances up like that that he did last night. Um, and he seems like he's still two or three years I mean, he's still going to be playing for two or three years. You have to give him that part of the whole MJ debate, don't you? Yes, I would. I would I would say it's there's a little difference there, okay? And this is important. Okay. Um Michael Jordan's last year playing, he was 39 years old. He played every game. Played every game. And I think he played in a bad wheel. Right? And um but he played every game on a bad team. And it was one of those, again, this will sound like an excuse. It's an explanation. Because I believe that if LeBron played every game, his numbers would be far lower. It's one of the actual geniuses to LeBron James is they've done this for a long time in that they've managed his number of games played and that keeps his average up. Okay. Because you often ask yourself, like, well, if you're trying to dial back LeBron, like, and he's still going to work out, like, just have him play, like, 15 minutes in a night, 20 minutes a night. Problem when you play 15, 20 minutes is you can't score. You just don't, you can't accumulate the volume of touches and shots and possessions, and yes, you can rest yourself, but you can't anyway. So they just have had him not play. The other part, too, was he was legit retired for three years. You know, and your body um, atrophies and all this stuff atrophies, whereas LeBron has kept going. But yeah, I'm I'm okay saying that. Like, yeah, he's better at 39 than Jordan was. Okay. Circumstances are different. One's on a team that's put together to try and win now, has another superstar on his team. The other one, Jordan, it was a team that he helped put together. It was a mess. Uh, he had retired previously, and he played every game. And by playing every game... You're, it's going to wear you down more, especially when you're at 39 years old. And he did have some games in which he exploded. And that's the, you know, if you, if you look at Jordan that year, you'd be like, oh, well, there was in his, there was a couple of games which he had, but no, he did not have it nearly as much as LeBron quote unquote has it. And you can, by the way, pull up his game log and see he had 33 on the 18th of February, this is Michael Jordan. He had 32 against Orlando. He had 45 on a night against uh, New Orleans. He had 43 against the Nets. You know, I mean, heck, and that was in February. Well, last night was what, February 28th? On February 27, 2023, 21 years ago, Michael Jordan had 35 points. He had 11 rebounds and six assists in a win over Houston. With the likes of Kwame Brown, Christian Leitner, and Jerry Stackhouse. You want to know who played with him that night? Let's let's look. Hold on. Uh, one more time. I, I get you the exact box score. Okay, here's the box score. Uh, Michael Jordan. 
Uh, where's Michael Jordan? There we go. Michael Jordan, yes. Christian. Other starters were Jerry Stackhouse had 28. Tyron Lue was his starting point guard, ironically enough. Right? Brendan Haywood. Man, Brendan Haywood. Come on, B. He didn't have a, didn't pee a drop. He had zero points as a starting big guy. Stackhouse had 28 and Christian Leitner. They played Juan Dixon off the bench and Charles Oakley. He got his boy Oakley one last gig too. There's got to be some great stories there. Kwame Brown, Larry Hughes, Byron Russell. Man, he had Brian Russell off the bench. That's got to be cruel. How many times do you think he mentioned to him the game-winning shot in Utah? Every day? Bobby Simmons and my boy Jahidi White. Jahidi's a good dude. He played at, at Long Georgia. Beach State. No, Jahidi White was, uh, or Brian Russell's, Cleveland High School and Long Beach State. There you go. There's the depth of my knowledge. Jahidi White uh, played at Georgetown. He's That's a big, strong dude, man. Anyway, he didn't, didn't play. And they played against the Houston Rockets. The Rockets, you ready for it? Katino Mobley had 24. Yao Ming had 16. Stevie Francis was one of 13. Stevie Franchise. Played every minute. Had, it was an overtime game. Played 50 minutes. Eddie Griffin, uh, who died, right? Eddie Griffin did not. Eddie Griffin died. And uh, James Posey. That was the starting lineup. Joaquin Hawkins, Jay Hawk, who uh, he runs a program in Long Beach. He had 10. Maurice Taylor came off the bench. Glenn Rice, Moochie Norris, Kelvin Cato, Tito Maddox. Wow, these are some these are some names right here. 21 years ago. So you could sit there and go like, well, he's, and I, I again, I think LeBron is. I think it's fair, Chase, too. If we want to take 39-year-old seasons, that's fair. We also should contextualize it and one team is better than the Lakers. It's a playoff caliber team. They have Anthony Davis. There is no Anthony Davis on this on this team. I guess Jerry Stackhouse, but he's not. Jerry Stackhouse has never been a top five player in the league. Anthony Davis has. And he played every night. Played every night. Whereas the smarter thing to do to average more points, to have more energy, is to play two out of every three nights, which is what LeBron's doing. Like LeBron, they play a night too, right? And like suddenly, like now LeBron has, well, his ankle might flare up. No, he's just old. Everything hurts. You need an extra day. Okay. There's the difference. But he was he was unbelievable. And then they tried double teaming him and his teammates were hitting shots and they were moving without the basketball. That was something to watch. That was really, really special. That was cool to watch. And I thought that what he said after the game was so appropriate. Hey, like we can't game's not over until there's double zeros on the clock. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, 
and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.